And we're back. I can't believe it. Oh, my goodness. The show that starts and stops and starts and stops. It's back. <laughs> Episode seven. All the way to heaven, man. Can't believe it. It feels so good. Here we are. So, uh, man, I'm your host with the least impressive stories. And we're here with your host with the most impressive stories. The travel guru herself, Liz. I think you're having too much fun with those tracks, Sean. Yeah, I am having way too much fun with those tracks. Um, Man, so it's been a minute, my good friend. And so many things that we have to talk about and kind of get into. Um, you know, as far as like when it goes into travel, there's different aspects of travel. We focus on the, you know, the leisure. A lot of the travel we've experienced for, you know, us, it's gone, you know, business. And those are great, you know, because you're going to stay on someone else's dime. Nothing wrong with yeah. that. But there are situations that are real harsh realities where you're traveling not because you want to, not because you expect to, because of unexpected reasons, um, you know, people get sick, they're in the hospital or even worse situations where people unexpectedly pass away. And those are not easy trips to plan for. Um, and, you know, they can really create a lot of added stress to, you know, we talk about travel as an experience of pleasure and excitement. But at the same time, there's a lot of stress that goes into it, um, you know, having enough money. You know, where do I stay? You know, who will I see when I'm there? Will I see anyone when I'm there? So there's all those different aspects. And it's only heightened in a situation of going on that unexpected travel um, trip that you take. Uh, Liz, I know you recently went on a trip. Unfortunately, you had to take one of those types of trips. And, um, you know, can you give a little bit of insight on that, on what that was like? And what would you advise for others when they do have situations that come up like that to maybe have some preparation pre-planned just in case that may or may not help um, in those situations. Yeah, for sure. Um, so, I mean, being part of a military family means very oftentimes you're not going to live near your friends and family, right? We have to move a lot. Um, you know, right now we're living overseas. And so yeah, things are going to come up. Like you were saying, if somebody gets sick or somebody passes away and you have to be ready to have, uh, you know, like I don't even call them plan B's like we used to at work. I call them plan Z, which my friend thought was really funny. The, um, page that was on the show with us last time, because she thought I was referring to plan Z as in Zane, my tortoise, <laughs> because we did actually have to make a plan for him. But no, by plan Z, I just mean always thinking of if everything else fails, what is the least that I can do to be prepared in a situation where you have to get ready right now with no notice. And so as far as advice is concerned on that, one really big thing that came up <clears throat> for, uh, for myself on this trip was always being ready to, at the very bare minimum, have enough money for a plane ticket back to the furthest place possible away from you right now, where you have a family or a loved one or something else like that. So, um, I always need to have money to be able to get back to any point in America at the very least. I need to have round trip money set aside for that uh, or the availability to put that on a credit card or, or whatever else. Right. So if you can at least get the transportation taken care of, the rest of it can kind of fall into place a little bit later. But if you know that you need, I mean, for me, that's looking at $2,000 at a time, right? So if I can make it so that I have $2,000 available in an emergency situation, then if you have to go and look for hotels or a rental car or something else, it's not as big of a hit to your normal monthly budget because you at least got the biggest part out of the way. And also it's the peace of mind of knowing if I need to get somewhere tomorrow, I can. And that, I mean, that's a big thing with uh, emergency travel is you you can't be worried all the time about just physically getting there. You need to be able to get there and then think about the other things later. No, that's, that's a great point. And uh, yeah, I like that having that mindset and plan set aside the funds to get to the furthest destination of people that, you know, are part of your lives. And for something worst case scenario were to happen for you to be able to reach out to them and, 
and be there, you know, during those difficult situations and unexpected times. So um, that's a, a great point. Were you, you know, um, well, obviously you were able to make it to where you had to go. Um, did you have money set aside or was it kind of like a scramble? Um, we didn't No, we didn't have money set aside. We were able to make it work, but that was not something that I had thought of in advance. I just figured, you know, if we have to, we could put it on a credit card. If we have to, we'll take it from savings. Um, but I mean, the bottom line is we were not planning on going back to America for a couple of years. That was not in the game plan, you know, made it very clear to everybody that the only reason we're going to come back is for emergency travel. Um, and so, or one other reason, if one of my friends were getting married, uh, then I had told them that I would come back. <laughs> but, uh, you know, the other thing was just going to be emergency travel. So I hadn't really thought about intentionally setting aside enough money for that because I really didn't think it was going to be a problem and it completely sideblinded me. So <clears throat> um, I would say that's something, you know, not everybody has the flexibility to be able to use a credit card either. Not everybody has that luxury to be able to say, oh, if I needed to throw two grand on a credit card that they just could, you know? So I think it's easier to start thinking of what's that number in advance and just start chipping away at it. You know, like every paycheck, just put 25 or 50 bucks over there until you get to it. And then maybe you never need to use it and you get to use it for a fun trip. But in the event that you do need it, at least it's there. No, absolutely. No, absolutely, for sure. So, um, yeah, this, unfortunately, you did have to go out. And, um, you know, I hate you had to, to deal with that. But you um, were able to figure things out and make things happen and, um, you know, take care of what you needed to. So, um, yeah, it can definitely be rough. Uh, when traveling and being gone as long as you were, um, did you come across anything as far as, like, any changes with travel? Um you know, going to America, anything as far as any kind of travel restrictions or anything like that? Anything that was different? You know, the tr there's not any travel restrictions right now between um, Europe and the U.S., but there's going to be coming up soon, which is going to tie into something I think you wanted to bring up later is uh, the resurgence of COVID and how that's affecting yourself as well as how it affects travel. But I know I saw it in the news that a couple of hospitals have uh, reinstated mask mandates and some travel organizations are like different transportation uh, companies are starting to reinstate. Uh, what is the word? Reinstate. There we go. Mm -hmm. I lost the word for a second. Reinstate those mandates as well, because they're starting to see the resurgence of um, a new strain or a more potent strain that is a, uh, coming up. So while I didn't experience it on this trip, I think I kind of just got out. Like I escaped just before it's going to end up being a problem. And another friend that's living in the UK right now, we're planning a trip together. And one of the comments that was made today was, you know, we need to do this trip before COVID shuts everything down again. Yeah. You know, and I think that's a reality, you know, uh, we talk about emergency trips and, you know, going, we don't expect to, but this is another thing I look into in terms of um, the windows closing, so to speak. I think that it's uh, something that we're having to face with. And we know the challenges of before when things shut down, how challenging it was and how limited our options were for travel, if any, um, especially, you know, going abroad and going long distances. A lot of countries would deny access or have such limited access mm -hmm. and have, um, um, if you did get there, what you had to be quarantined for 14 days, like what's the point of going like crazy stuff like yeah. that, you know? So um, if there's a, something that you're planning on doing, you may want to go ahead and move up your timeline. If they all, if that's a possibility. Um, and speaking of COVID. Yeah. I, I just recently had my second bout and I beat it again. Yep. 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 It was close this time. <laughs> it was not. Stop. Okay. Well, yeah. Actually, I did a lot better last time. Um, but um, you know, here I am uh, with you guys and uh, my good friend Liz. And um, yeah, it's it's definitely no joke. It can take a lot out of you uh, physically, 
um, emotionally and financially. Um, financially, because uh, you're missing work. And, yeah. Uh, and that or you can, might miss a trip, right? I mean, tying it into the yeah. conversation is yeah. if yeah. you have to cancel plans because you're sick for any reason, COVID or otherwise, but if you have to cancel a trip, a lot of times people are missing out on money. So to that point, uh, travel insurance, please. Yeah. Uh, and you know what? I've never that. really been big on travel insurance. Like every time you mention it, like just now when I cut you off, I always kind of <laughs> scoff at it. You know, like, um, <laughs> I don't want to pay travel insurance. Um, but yeah, man, it's needed. You know, it's, um, it's something that I think is, uh, well, a must now. It's not, I think, a luxury. It's a luxury in terms of as an added cost, but it's a, it's a must in terms of protecting yourself and your assets because, you know, you'd rather add some more money in the beginning and protect your overall investment than lose it all. Because there's too many things that can happen, you know. Um, nobody's can guarantee or confirm 100% on anything unless you're traveling that next actual day. And even then, something can happen. Um, you know, you're always yeah. putting yourself at risk with like non-refundables and things like that way far in advance to save a few extra, you know, dollars, which I've been there. Hell, I'm there now. But um, yeah, travel insurance is definitely something you need to invest in and uh, make sure to uh, protect yourself for sure. Uh, to make sure you're uh, you're good to go. So yeah, as far as the travel restrictions, and you know we see those kind of on the horizon, and those are on the way. Um, hopefully, those don't impede anyone's travel that listens. Um, but the reality is, it, it probably will. Now, talking about travel insurance, because you know I am anti-travel insurance, but I'm embracing it. <laughs> what about your experiences and why you think that's something you know people, other than the obvious. But from your experiences where it's benefited you, can you give like some examples of where you're like, damn, I'm glad I got that. Uh, all I know is every single time that I have gotten travel insurance, everything went perfectly fine. And every time that I don't, there's a problem. So it's like, I'm not trying to jinx myself anymore. I will pay the $16 or 20 euro or whatever it is at a time to give myself the peace of mind because I've already, I've had trips canceled multiple times at the very like when even when it was a couple days away you know when it's one of those trips where you're thinking how how could i possibly get this screwed up you know i can i can do the non-refundable it doesn't matter because we're leaving in a day and a half you know it's wednesday night and we want to leave friday morning how could something possibly go wrong i swear to god that's when it's going to go wrong it absolutely has to go wrong so pay the extra 15 dollars or whatever it is and get the travel insurance yeah that's what I'm talking about, Liz. Tell them. <laughs> no, she's right. I mean, because, uh, man, I've been burned way, way too many times. And, uh, yeah, it's just not worth it, man. It's just not worth it. Um, it. And it's funny that you said it happens that way because that does seem how, like, for me, that's how life happens. Like, you know, it's better to have and not need than need and not have. Like, man, that's the worst feeling. When you need it and you don't have it, it's brutal. So, Especially uh, if you have to check a bag. Because if you have to check a bag, there are so many stories. And this happened to my mother-in-law when she came out over summer, where not once but twice they lost her bags. Really? So, yeah, yeah, it, it was quite a mess. Um, but since she had travel insurance, she could file a claim for her bag. So it's not always about you having to cancel the whole trip. Sometimes it's about a part of the trip not going right that you can get compensation for. Oh man, I like that. Oh, that's uh, that's some good information right there for sure. Uh, so, yeah, we talk about, you know, the travel restrictions and, you know, how they can impact you. Um, you know, I'm talking about COVID specifically, but there's, you know, other things that happen. Um, you know, countries could be going through, um, you know, uh, stuff. medical things, they could political things. They could be going through, um, you know, uh, a major event, you know, like in Hawaii right now, um, you know, shout yeah. out to them, prayers to them. You know, where it's a situation where they had, you know, mass fire, you know, they have um, all these different things taking place all over the world. I know just recently in South California, they had a tropical storm for the first time in, what, 50 years, something like that? Uh, it was more than that. I think it was closer to 80. Yeah, that sounds more about right. I really wound yeah. down, didn't I? But that's what I do. I round down. But then we mind. also had an earthquake, too, in the middle of it. In the middle of the storm, there was an earthquake. Yeah, there's been a lot of randomness too. Like they had um, 
well, like three weeks ago, they had an earthquake in Bogota. That was like the first one in 50 years. I think that's where the 50 year thing came from for me. Um, that was pretty random for them. Um, but yeah, a lot of all kinds of events happen and that's just life. You know, things happen unexpectedly um, before you travel, during your travel. Um, you know, that I've experienced both of those uh, after you travel. So you just kind of want to be there and, um, you know, prepared for, you know, whatever, because things do have a way of happening. And the more things you put yourself in position of having options, the better chance you are of um, having a control within the situation, you know, because there are things beyond your control. So what you can't control, you want to. That's just that's how I look at it. Um, yeah. That's just the yeah. best way to, you know, kind of manage those tough situations because some things are beyond your control and they are frustrating because of that reason. But when you have things you can't control yourself and you didn't take care of your own business, then that falls on you, you know? Yeah, that's for sure. Mm -hmm. So plus I think the older we get, the more expensive our trips become and the more expensive our reasons for travel become yeah. um, a lot of times. Uh, so just protecting that overall situation, right? Because if it's just a little weekend trip down the street or something, and it's, you know, something that's not going to be very expensive and you're doing a, a hotel tonight special, for example, where they do the non-refundable like flash sale or something like that, then right. you might not really care. But if it's something like a week long trip to the Bahamas, yeah it's gonna you know there's a higher level of risk associated with not protecting it oh man 100 percent. you know um you know in, in anybody's time and effort they put towards a trip is you know a value but you know there's trips and then there's trips and i think you gave a good example of that if you have like a little nice we can get away those are important those are needed those have value but don't then they have the ones you like circle your calendar like you have your whole right. year is pretty much geared towards that event you want that to go as smoothly and as nicely as possible, you know, uh, yep. if at all, you know, that's, um, you know, I, I agree with that wholeheartedly, you know, to really experience that and have a great, you know, time and really, uh, you know, immerse yourself in the culture and just have a great, great overall experience. And, you know, that's the thing because I do have such a great appreciation for travel. Um, I was blessed and fortunate enough to work with Liz and be in travel Oh, what a great time for me. Those days are over. <laughs> so I'm not traveling anywhere anytime soon. And it, um, it sucks, man. You know what I'm saying? And I'm, I'm always asking myself, like, you know, I got to be able to, you know, change things around. And, um, you know, I'm like, please, can I get some help here? If you listen, help. I mean, I need a trip. A brother needs a trip. Bad. I know. I was going to ask, when do you plan on going on a trip now? Well, see, that's the thing. Um, I, I don't. <laughs> you know, it's At a combination. All? Well, yeah, Everything, I don't. Everything's off the board. Everything is not off the board, uh, but realistically, it it shouldn't be on the board. <laughs> that's that's kind of right. what I'm looking at. Like, I haven't. Nothing has been canceled. Nothing's been changed. Everything's still in play. But when I, you know, I crunch the numbers, there's really nothing to crunch. <laughs> You know, it's uh, right. it's one of those things where, um, you know, I'm I'm living on uh, smoke and mirrors in terms of trying to, into the what? Living on a dream. Yeah. On a dream. I was living on a dream. A random uh, quote there. No, no, I, I I hear what you're saying. What? I know. <laughs> <laughs> you're having too much fun with those tracks. Yeah, <laughs> I know. I'm out of control. I'm out of control. But yeah, where I'm not having too much fun is um the reality of, you know the the lifestyle where I'm wanting to travel and to, to go out is just not one I'm able to, to live and partake in right now. And, you know, at first I was like, you know, I should be able to manage and get to the point, you know, where I can do two trips a year, you know, one big trip and maybe like, you know, a nice weekend trip, you know, to PR yeah. or something like that. Uh, no, you know, cause that's the thing, you know, being a single father of many uh, kids, <laughs> you know, it's, um, you have a straight up like herd of children. <laughs> yeah, I, I made it happen. So um, because of that, <laughs> because of that, it's um, you want I don't really see where I can travel as much as I, I'd like to, and I think a lot of people deal with that. So that's where I was 
you know, reaching out to Liz and kind of get her thoughts on that as far as like, how do you prioritize trip? Because honestly, anytime that money gets into the conversation, travel is always looked upon as such of a escape, but also a luxury. It's the first thing to go. And I was asking to my good friend, Liz, you know, is that a mistake? And she has some good insight on, um, yeah. <laughs> I, I do think it's a mistake. Right. Uh, I mean, I understand that you have to take care of your family needs and you have to be financially responsible. But once that's covered, right, then there still needs to be a goal for things that are important to yourself. Now, in the context of this conversation, I'm going to just call it traveling. But, you know, for different people, it might be something else. If you never put aside that time or money or anything or any other resource towards your other goals, then all you're doing is getting paycheck to paycheck. And even if you have to be paycheck to paycheck for a while, that doesn't mean that you can't start putting away something towards your other goals. You know, so for for me, I we have a bucket list of places that we want to go see while we're living overseas. You know, I've got a whole spreadsheet involved here <laughs> with uh, like I've broken down how far it is to travel you know, the type of transportation needed, like if we're going to take the car, the train, if we need to fly, what we're going to do. Um, we have a motorcycle trip that we're planning for a while from now. You know, just just having these goals where you put pen to paper first, start to actually graph out what it's going to look like. And then it, it doesn't matter if it's only $5. Like if you do not go out to eat this week, and then you put that same 20 bucks, just put it somewhere else. And that's something that you can do for yourself so that eventually you get there. Because even if you only look down at the end of the year and it's, let's say, $500 you were able to put away for the whole year. $500 for a whole year of saving doesn't seem like a lot, but that's $500 more towards a plane ticket that you didn't have last time. And that takes the sting out of when you go to actually purchase the ticket or be able to take the time off of work or work around your children's schedules to make that time for yourself. No, no, definitely. <clears throat> you know, in, in, um, I, I agree wholeheartedly. You, you have to see the return on your investment. You have to see some, some gains that you're putting in, you know, you're working towards your, your goal and have something to work for. Cause if not, you are just working paycheck to paycheck. And yeah, I'll, I'll be very transparent. It's, it's emotionally draining and difficult to, constantly have to cancel my trips. And, you know, you gave a very clear example that I like and appreciate, you know, for those that are struggling with, you know, your, your day to day. And, you know, sometimes you have some tough situations where you actually have to reach out and get, you know, whether it's a physical or, um, you know, it's a, an emotional or mental health support, you know, some kind of professional, um, that same support of a, you know, mental professional, could go towards a, some therapeutic travel, you know, um, it's therapy to go out and travel and go somewhere and, and just kind of experience the culture and of somewhere else, you know, that in itself could be, um, rewarding. And as you put it so bluntly, more affordable in a lot of yeah, cases. Yeah, it can be. That's the running joke that you, I mean, there's a lot of memes about it and a lot of posters and inspirational little quotes where they're kind of poking fun at people who travel, where they say that, uh, you know, they'll fill in the blank and, you know, like one of them is traveling is cheaper than therapy or like for my running group, <clears throat> excuse me, for my running group, like we have a poster that says um, running is cheaper than therapy. So there's a lot of things. It's just whatever helps reduce your stress that it also brings value to your life. It's like double dipping, like you're getting extra benefits because you're doing something you want to do, but it's also additionally something that really is healthy for you. You know, right now I even told you, Last week when you weren't feeling great and we had been talking about getting out and like exercising every day and doing something. And so like, even if you can't go do that because you're not feeling well and you, and you shouldn't be exerting yourself, you could go sit outside for 30 minutes. You can go be in nature. You can go do something. And then it's building off of that to incorporate nature, travel, you know, like these other things that are going to start bringing you some more peace into your day. No, definitely. And I, I definitely do need that, you know, um, all of those things, you know, and I, I, I appreciate when you gave the insight of going out and experience nature, even 30 minutes can go a long way. 
you know, there's plenty of sunshine right now in Texas. No, you know, there's, you know, maybe too much sunshine in Texas. Calm down. (laughs) Yeah. If anybody needs some sunshine, you know, we got some for you. You can, you can have it. Yeah. It's no, uh, it's no joke. So yeah, I, I go out early in the morning before the sun actually comes up full and it's already 90 degrees and, uh, yeah, you're good to go. Uh, but it does help to get out in nature. Those things. Yeah. That is the best therapy I can get is travel. You know, my best experiences where I feel like I do better understand myself and I better understand um, and appreciate things I already have. And it makes me just want to seek it out more and more. So it's definitely something that, you know, I feel I need to prioritize more of something that needs to be remaining in my life and not an afterthought and seeing so much of it as a luxury. It can also, you bring up a good point too, like, because I, I feel the need and I've gone so many places where I want to have that same level of, you know, uh, time length there and also, uh, you know, stay somewhere exotic and exciting. I think just the fact of going somewhere, even for a short period of time, can go a long way to really help somebody and definitely help me. You know, that's been my experience. And do you still get that yeah. same feeling? You know, because I was kind of wondering, because you do travel so much, um, do you kind of get numb to it or you still get the same um, excitement and appreciation and enjoy still. The only thing that I'm numb to is airports. Airports, I'm over airports, especially, I'm going to tell you what, Paris, I'm talking to you right now. I hate the airport in Paris. It is my least favorite place in the entire world. And I hope to never have to fly through there again, but that's not going to happen. So I should just keep my peace and uh, karma points to myself on that one. But no, no, let's dig into that thing. more. Let's <laughs> dig into that much, much, much more. We got ourselves a fat, juicy. Somebody's angry and I'm ready. I'm just saying, okay, so the original point is the only thing that gets old is, I think, having to deal with the in and out of the transportation, like all the red tape that comes with things. In this case, airports but outside at paris man they do not screw around they have got the shortest layovers for anything and that airport is so so big and so clustered i have never seen so many people just shoved like cattle into one small space at a time before because of the layout the design is not not great and so they i will say this they are efficient at getting people on the planes, but you trying to get from one plane to your connection, uh, man, like the, when I was flying back to Texas, um, for that trip we were talking about earlier, I had to, I think I had like a two hour layover and it was something ridiculous, like six o'clock in the morning when there should be next to nobody there. Right. Like the first flights aren't even going out until my flight, which was at eight, eight Oh seven. Um, something like that, a few minutes after eight. And it still took me an hour and a half to get through all of the nonsense in that airport to get through the trams and to get to like from part of the the airport side that I landed on to where I needed to be for my connecting flight. And, you know, I got there and I think I had like 10 minutes before boarding. So that was just frustrating. On the way back, my layover was under an hour and a half and I made it to my gate what five minutes before boarding and the whole time you were just thinking I wanna go home. I, did. I did just I didn't even know you had that one you're pulling these out of nowhere now it's yeah like man I, it's, it's a gift it's a gift it's <laughs> a gift that keeps on giving but um I'm kind of surprised because I've always I guess I've accepted that airport experience is going to be horrible. Um, but for me, the one that's always going to be king, but, you know, I guess it sounds like Paris is pretty damn bad. Yeah. The quick layover is Miami's worst. Oh, I also dislike Miami, but I don't so, think it was as hard to get from between connecting flights there. Okay, so then, yeah, that's that's another thing that I don't like about Miami as well. First of all, the rudest staff in the world. Hey, sorry, if you're Sorry, they're horrible. And um, its layout is pretty, pretty crazy. 
I would not say they're efficient. That's not a word I would use with Miami Airport at all. Um, <laughs> that's the last word I would use for them. Um, definitely not clean and uh, not safe. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, it's kind of if you're going this. It's my least favorite airport in America. That I can say with confidence. Like, um, all right, I can give you that one. Yeah. Paris is very clean. It's very. I will. I'll say they're efficient. It's just a lot to get through to get between your connecting gates. And like, even when I showed up when I was flying home, um, well, I mean, by home I mean back to Spain, and <clears throat> I had like bolted through the airport. I was, I mean, you are speed walking the entire way, just weaving your way in and out of people. I still get to my gates like six or seven minutes before boarding is supposed to start. They're still boarding the flight that's leaving ten minutes before us. Ten minutes before us, so they're supp- they're gonna pack this plane full. And basically pull out and do their little safety thing while they're on the runway now, right? Because they've become more efficient with that lately in recent years. And then we all had to immediately line up right after that and just shuffled it. They, it was impressive, though. They got us all on the plane with, I think, a three-minute delay. And where I'm coming from, because it's mind-boggling to you, yeah. That don't even sound possible, Liz. It was, it was so fast. Like I got there. They're loading the, the plane that's leaving before me. And I just, I just stayed out of the way because I couldn't, I mean, I couldn't get in line or anything. So I just stayed out of the way for a couple minutes. And then as soon as they closed that door, they waited less than five minutes. And while they were waiting before letting my plane on, they just, you know, started saying, Hey, everybody else get in line and start going by sections and whatever. Right. And so every thought it was doing. Yes. Um, Everybody just like has to hoard down into these um, lines. And then they, you know, it was only a couple minutes later, they just started running us through and just, you were, you were getting on the plane quickly and they had people on the plane too that were really helpful, but also you could tell they meant business about helping you get, find your seat, get your things put away, get in your seat, get your stuff. Like, and they did not want, if your bag could fit under your seat, God help you. If you tried to put it in the overhead, they were like, absolutely not. You put that under your feet and get in your chair now. <laughs> no mercy. Man, there was no love at all. Um, that's crazy. We'll see. That's actually commendable. So I guess they do have uh, mastered the art of efficiency because, you know, you talk about one of the top destinations in the world, um, you know, as far as for going to Paris and you're right there in the heart of Europe. So it's a different, different thing. But I will say Miami's a even though I'm not the biggest fan of Miami, but I know it's an international city. because I know I talk to a lot of people even from different parts of the world. And um, because it's something that I never really think about, you know, as far as like, hey, now, I guess I'll ask you, like, if someone was going to uh, come to America for the first time, you know, a lot they see about New York, but man, that's the last place I'd recommend. But, you know, a lot of people that I, I talk to that want to visit to America for the first time, Miami definitely is on the, the, the short list. You know, it's usually New York, yeah. L.A. and Miami. But, man, they'll quickly learn. I said, like, man, what you see on TV, that is not Miami yeah. Beach is such a small part of what that city, the rest of it is a big, big disappointment. It is a large dumpster fire, is what it is. Sorry. <laughs> Anybody else? No, no, it's uh, it's definitely not where you want to be. It's definitely, where, I'll put it like this, there's a lot of other states that don't get the same level of love that are way more beautiful, way more safe, way more uh, economical, too. And you'll have yeah. a, a great time there. Um, so, you know, it is what it is, but hey, if you get a chance to come to America, bring it on. We're ready for you. Um, speaking of which, that's a great transition to our next topic, which I'm excited for because, oh man, you know what that means now? Cause you never heard it before. We're going to play another game here with my good friend, Liz, 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 Liz. Okay. So let's get to it. This game is called, and I made it up. So don't get mad at me. Get mad at Liz. Culture or cruelty? Yeah. Okay. So I'll like go first. Now? 
Okay, go ahead. Yeah, we're, we're going all in. All right, so as far as culture of cruelty, we'll both share and take turns of stories, quick stories, where we cattled travel, whether we felt that someone's um, it was just a huge misunderstanding of culture, you know, like they were just, you know, we didn't understand the culture, so just a misunderstanding, or, you know, it was, they were... Um, were they doing it for their own, like, do they have an agenda? Yeah, right. So, yeah, is it just culture misunderstood or like they have their own agenda? Thank you very much, Liz. You better understand my game than I do. That's crazy. <laughs> what? Bro, what are you talking about, man? I, I never know. So, but right now I do, actually. So let's go ahead and give an example. I'll go first because I, I am interested in your insight on this. So. I love the Philippines, in case you guys didn't know. Whoa, that was the wrong button. <laughs> ah, yes. Yes, Philippines. Oh, yes, baby. All right. Sorry. Oh, my God. That Whoa. Went, that went weird. <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo. That's a bit much. We're definitely getting censored. Episode seven. Can't wait. No, but I think um, it's episode eight. I lost count. Are we even counting anymore? I don't know. We can call it episode seven. We can call it whatever you want. We can call it whatever we want. Okay, so when you go to the Philippines, there are beautiful, wonderful, amazing people. I love them. My next ex-wife is definitely going to be Filipina. I cannot wait. So, <laughs> um, But seriously, I love their food. I love the music. I love the culture. I love how people are very welcoming and accommodating. One of the most welcoming, accommodating cultures on the planet, hell in the universe, right? The known universe. Yeah. But there is one thing that they do, and everyone that's been there knows what I'm about to say because they do it to them as well. I went there for a stretch of 10 years, and in that 10-year period, this happened every single time, and every single time, I felt the same level of discomfort, and it's for a delicacy they have there called balut, which is... um. Uh, a fr we'll just I say wish you didn't even have to describe it because it makes my stomach hurt. Could I just say that it's um a, a developed egg? Is that fair to say? Yeah. Okay, it's an egg with a chicken. Yeah. How about that? Yeah. All right, it's an egg with a chicken and um herbs and spices. Okay. Yeah. And um and they like to hook it up. And the thing about it too, this is just my experience, guys. Okay, Philippines, don't get mad. I love you. Yeah. I always have to get it from like a shady cat, you know, like in the, in the back alleys, it's never like at McDonald's, you know, it's always like there's a balut vendor, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's, it's kind of weird, but it's something that they insist that you do. In fact, when I would go there and help launch offices, motivation, and I've seen this with my own eyes, they actually had contests that were based off of people consuming this, Right. The reward yeah. for the group, if they met their goal, if the, they made that the, the prize that the, you know, the Americans or the Canadians or, you know, the, the foreigners would consume this, they would go crazy. Now, I love culture and I will try anything once except for this. I'm Balut not trying it. No. <laughs> Excuse me. I am not. Like Liz said, she can't even describe it. One of my students in San Diego used to bring it for breakfast and I could, that just blew my mind. You know, it'd be 6.30 in the morning and this seventh grader was having balut for breakfast. It was too much. <clears throat> wow, that's doing the most right I mean, there. It's too much for me. It obviously is not too much for them. No, no, but, obviously they, they're they're probably, yeah, they, they loved it clearly. I think that's the equivalent of like me having nachos for breakfast. That actually sounds pretty good. Yeah, chilaquiles, except I don't eat eggs, so just nachos. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. No, but here's the thing, though. So to me, is that, and I oppose, and I propose to you, my good friend Liz, Liz, Liz. Is it when it comes to Balut and our beautiful friends in the Philippines? Is that culture or is it cruelty, like them? It seems like they really, 
like it's a rite of passage almost. Like you have to try this delicacy at some point. Oh yeah, and you know what? And I think that they not they think they want to record you. You know, they want to make it like an event. And I was that's like, actually, oh no, yeah, that's, that's a little bit much. Right. So I would love your thoughts on this, and please don't hold back. All right. So just be <laughs> raw and uncut, Liz, is what we like. I mean, we're already getting censored anyway. So let's fucking do it. Let's go. Oh, now we're really getting censored. But <laughs> no, I, I think it's I think it's a mix. I think that for you, because they knew you and you spent so much time there, right? Like by the time we're at a place for a couple weeks at a time over and over and over again, people start to get really comfortable with what they can try to suggest as part of the fringe of their culture to to see if you're going to do it. Like you said, a rite of passage. So I think it's almost like they think it's a rite of passage for you to experience it, but it's also a rite of passage for them to be able to persuade you to do it because they know that. And I mean, you could, you could argue that maybe they don't know, but I've been to the Philippines and they do know that by suggesting that to other people, they understand that that's not something commonly eaten in other countries. It's only a couple of countries that have that as a, as a common item. I think it's, um, I know it's Vietnam. And then I want to say it's Cambodia is the other one that comes to mind. So that's not a huge chunk of the world to have that as a common item on the, on a menu. Uh, but that just kind of reminded me of when Aaron was in Japan and he likes, he'll eat anything. He would, he might even try balut. I don't, I don't know. That one's a maybe, but he might, but he especially loves anything seafood oriented and being in Japan, of course, right. He's going to go out for sushi and everything. The only thing that he didn't like was sea urchin. That's the only food he's ever told me that he will never try again. Interesting. And he just thought it was the worst thing possible. And he was not prepared for that. You know, like sometimes you see something and you think, all right, I'll give it a try. I'm not really sold on this, but I'll, I'll have a bite. He was full, like into it. Like this is going to be so delicious. They told us this is the best thing. I'm going to order, you know, the most, not most expensive, but like the, the most commonly, um, uh, eaten version of like anything that's on the menu. He wanted to have, you know, like all the things. And he's like, that was one thing that he will absolutely never try. Again. Like there's no getting him to try it again. Wow. Hmm. That's, that's, that's something right there. Um, yeah. but yeah, in that case, it was something that was, it was like mentioned in passing, you know, that's, that's different. Those are recommendations, but like to me, Balut seems like it's on a higher level. So I'll go ahead and say that right. it's, um, you said it's a little bit of both, right? You don't say that it's, it's culture. Right. Cause I think they were pushing it on you because they got so comfortable to know you more. Right. Like for me, when I was there, they were pushing different kinds of lumpia, even though I had said that I don't eat fish. So I lumpia with shrimp in it. I'm, I'm not eating it. I don't like it and I don't want it. Now, if it ends up mixed in my plate of lumpia and I take a bite, I'm not going to lose my mind over it or anything. But, you know, we had plenty of our coworkers on that trip who would say, like, here's different ones here. You can try these different ones. And I had to keep going out of my way to say, does it have shrimp in it? Because I'm not going to like it. I just don't care for shrimp. And I don't want to waste your food or your money on trying something that I, I've had plenty of times before and I don't like it. No, yeah, I, I hear you. Yeah, you did kind of have like a weird thing with lumpia. I um, love lumpia. I absolutely love lumpia. I've been obsessed with lumpia since probably kindergarten. Yeah, you said yeah, you would see you would say that, but then I don't know. Like when we would go out, sometimes I, I guess the shrimp thing did come into play more than I realized. It was mostly seafood. It was mostly seafood. It yeah, so. usually had some kind of seafood in it, um, and because they're they have two different versions, like what. In America, what we would call lumpia, to them, there's two different uh, versions. Like they have, they'll call it a spring roll or something else. And so um, spring rolls and summer rolls and something like that. And so to them, it was, you had to use a different word to order what you actually wanted. Because 
And, you know, and, uh, who is it? I'm going to have to remember which coworker it was and send him a text later. But there was, you know, a couple people who would say like, oh, here's what you were asking for. And I was like, no, that's not what I meant. I meant the other thing. So. Interesting. Yep. <laughs> no, but yeah, I, I know that we would we would talk about it, but it seemed like you're always let down. So I, I, I never thought about the seafood aspect of it. So I did have another example for you as far as like, um, Culture or cruelty. Here we go. I think so, you miss boxing a lot because you're doing some boxing voices today. <laughs> yeah. All right. I miss a lot of things. Um, the one thing I don't miss, though, is, um, you know what? I appreciate and I love other cultures and going out. But I think here as uh, Americans, gringos, whatever you want to call us, we forget that people have different levels of caffeine intake. Right. You know, <laughs> when you go other places, how they measure and they they have their caffeine, uh, you know, recorded or utilized within a, a normal adult sized beverage can be different than what we're used to here. So, well, adult friend, size is relative. Then that's you're talking American adult size. We're we're getting into a problem. <clears throat> yeah, that's true. That's. That's a whole nother conversation, too, as well. Um, but, yeah, if you get into American adult size. So we'll say, yeah, this was um, this is where it got even weirder because this was a, a product that was provided to me. And I'll go ahead and say her name. Good shout A beautiful woman. Her name is Via. I love her. She's amazing. Oh, hey, Via. Hey, Via. We love you, Via. Via. We love you. That could be her ringtone. <laughs> well, it should be. All right. She's amazing. She saved my life in so many different ways. I know one time I was staying at a hotel and the hotel. Um, I was a, I'm a sweater. I know that's too much information, but where they are already. So, um, you know, anyway, in uh, the hotel, find me because the, the uh, pillowcases had some kind of hair dye on them. I don't know if you guys knew this or not, which you don't. I don't have hair, so there was no way it could have been me. Right? It's impossible, actually. And uh, they they find me for it. So I told I told V about this and um, she let them have it. So I, I love her forever and always. And uh, she always have a place in my heart. All right. She's she's amazing. Via, we love you. But on this day. All right. So she took her time and we appreciate it where she picked myself up and my colleague, uh, my colleague who Liz loves and stayed with in Columbia and, you know, nurtured her to health. And uh, she brought us a, a boba tea. I'm not a fan of boba either. Okay, there's boba tea. Whoa. First of all, it was delicious. I, I feel like you love boba. No, I do love Whoa, 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 whoa. Why, why, why would you say that? Why, why, why would you say that? Because the tone of your voice told me that you love boba. That's true. Yeah, you're right. Man, I'm so obvious. I was reading the room. Yeah, you're right. No, Picking you're... up what you're putting down. <laughs> no, you're right. And uh, you were right. So it was delicious. And I, I couldn't stop drinking it. That was a problem. You know that after that, <laughs> I didn't blink for 24 hours. <laughs> I couldn't go to sleep. You know, American boba doesn't have that much caffeine in it. Well, in the Philippines, in Makati, it does. Yeah, I know. I know. Holy shit. <laughs> I remember my eyes were so dry from not blinking. I was so awake. I had never been that alert before. You know, like I would hear. You just circle right on back to crashing if you have that much caffeine. You'll get like caffeine overdose. No, no. Eventually, I did come down and I, I fell hard as I normally do. But for 24 hours, I was up, man. I was up. And the thing was that sucked is because, well, I mean, shout out to her. I was up for work. So here's the thing for those that don't know. In the Philippines, because majority of the work they support and the business they support is in the West. So they're, <coughs> excuse me, the, the differences in the time, you're working overnight yeah. there. Yep. So sleep is hard enough as it is. You know, going to sleep, is you're going to sleep in this daylight. So when you have boba tea in your system and your eyes won't close, my brother's <laughs> in trouble. 
<laughs> it was the most amazing drink that I hated. I hated myself for drinking it. And I hated Via for giving it to me. Oh, Via, you're so amazing. But I remember, I mean, I remember like how she came to me. She was smiling. What a moment. I'm all choked up talking about it. I got, I didn't appreciate when I, I think you might have already left at this point in the, in the last trip over to the Philippines. Um, but when I got tricked into drinking civet coffee, I was not a fan of that one. I was not a fan of being tricked because I don't really drink coffee to begin with. But as you were mentioning, when you suddenly have to work overnight and, um, what were we working like 10 p.m. to 6 30 a.m. or something yeah. like that? Right? Yeah, that's and exactly so, it. Yeah. And so, uh, I mean, coffee, especially because they had the free coffee machine. So I was mixing uh, a small portion of coffee with a half portion of hot chocolate. It's like, I don't know, make a, a mocha sort of drink, right? So that, that was pretty good and free. So I like that. But then, one of our coworkers, one of our American coworkers, by the way, thought it would be a really, really funny idea to say, hey, Liz, I'm going to go get you some coffee. And instead, she went and brought me some civic coffee that she had made in her she had purchased and then had brewed in her hotel room and brought it with her and um, switched my coffee from that, from the stuff that was in the machine to the civic coffee and I immediately spit it out because it tastes terrible. And she just was dying laughing. And so I would put that one under cruelty, uh, cruelty <laughs> of culture, because she knew what she was doing. And she knew that I, I wasn't going to want it. Mm -mm, right? Exactly. That was what I was saying. Plus, it's decaf anyway. Oh, so then my I just God. Ruined my it's, by nature, it's, it's decaffeinated because of when the beans get processed through the cat. So it breaks down all the caffeine anyway. And so I'm like, first of all, you tricked me into drinking something I didn't want to drink. Secondly, now I've got this terrible taste in my mouth. Third, it's not even caffeinated. What? Bro, what are you talking about, man? Uh, yeah, exactly. I, I hate so. that person so, so much. Um, but you know what? That, that is the definition of cruelty. So going back to mine, because it's all about me. Do you think that Via, even though we love her and she is amazing, was that on her or on me? That was on you. You didn't ask enough questions. You didn't ask the caffeine content level. You didn't ask like the sugar. That, first of all, there's always a lot of sugar in boba too. So not only were you were mixing extra boba uh, caffeine with extra sugar, you needed to be asking more questions. So, so it's culture and the cruelty is yes. on me? Yeah. And where I'm coming from, because it's mind boggling to you. Yeah. I hate yeah. myself. You were just obsessed with these today. Yeah. But it's, it's just like, like with the lumpia, I asked questions. That's why it wasn't on me. Oh, okay. I, oh, okay. I, I, I see. Them, I see what what's going on here. This? What's in it, you know? Because I know that there's more than one kind. Oh, but, it's okay. I, All right, I'm mm -hmm. sorry. And the spring, like the ones where they were saying spring rolls, they were fried. Like they weren't like our spring rolls. They were actually fried, and those tasted really good too. Um, but those were the ones that were easier for me to get just vegetable version instead of like if they only had shrimp. Instead of getting something that was like, say, pork or some other alternative, um, and I'm not questions. Wow, okay, so, um, yeah, I apologize, Via. Um, you're amazing, you know that we love you. Clearly, I'm just a selfish bastard, and I think that the spotlight should go on top of me, yeah. So, yeah, you were just being a great host, and I messed up because I added extra bulb and extra sugar, and I tried to kill myself. And I almost did by not being able to sleep. So, uh, man, that's, uh, that's a damn shame. But you're right. It is important to go ahead and ask questions. And I, I think that's also kind of a fine line. You know, we're, we're joking here, but seriously, when it comes to culture, like, 
I guess there is no limit on what you can ask because you don't want to consume something that's going to, you know, maybe not just not like, but you might be allergic to, might make your stomach upset. Yeah. You know, there could be a lot, you know, caffeine, um, will you sleep ever again? Those things are important. So good point. Yep. So it's, it's also on the onus of you to kind of clarify, okay, what is this? Yeah. You know, interesting. Yep. But I think that's something that happens in every culture too, right? Every time you get people coming to visit, you want to share something from your home with them. What happens when people go to Texas, Sean? What's everybody going to say? What do you want to eat? Oh, yeah. They usually want they want um, barbecue or Tex-Mex typically. Yeah. They're all going to tell you, you need to get some barbecue. Everybody's going to tell you. And I'll tell you what, Texas barbecue gives me heartburn like no other. I, it is good, but it gives me so much heartburn. And I would have friends asking me that all the time. Do you want to go get barbecue? Even my last day when I was flying back here and um, Paige, uh, the same lady again that you had met last time, she goes, hey, do you want to stop and get some barbecue before we take you to the airport? And I was like, no, 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 no. I'm probably like, I'm going to eat at the airport. Um, and then as soon as I get to the airport, I went into the, here's a plug for you, Amex lounge. I was, that was super sweet. Went into the Amex lounge oh, yeah. and the whole thing in the Amex lounge is all barbecue as well. And I was like, well, I guess I, that's just what's happening today as I'm eating barbecue. So. <laughs> <laughs> no, I hear you, but he has a good call out and, you know, cause there's certain things that, you know, um, are kind of expected if you go somewhere. And if you you come back and you tell the people that, you know, um, you visited somewhere and you tell them, oh, yeah, well, I went to, you know, I went to Asia and I didn't have any lumpia. I didn't have any seafood. They'll probably look at you crazy. You know, same thing if you go to Texas. Yeah. And I didn't have any Tex-Mex. I didn't have any barbecue, like, yeah. intentionally. Yeah. You know, how did you how did you do that? You know, like, um, yeah. did you eat? They even, I mean, they have. When you come out to Spain, they have maps of the different regions and the food that's most popular in each of those regions as well. So, I, you know, of course, a lot of people associate Spain with paella. Again, back to the seafood thing, I don't eat seafood. So you're in Spain and you're not going to eat seafood and you're not going to have at least seafood paella. And even the vegetarian paella is often made with seafood um, stock. So you have to pay attention to things because everybody wants to share part of their culture with you. We got stuck on food this time and I think we're running out of time. So I'll bring up my point next time, but like of other things that aren't food related that are cultural icons that um, when you're traveling, people want to share with you that sometimes don't translate well into American culture, like things that don't, um, that, that make us a little bit uncomfortable, but they want to share it with us and they don't know that it's going to make us uncomfortable. Not, and not like everybody, but just that it could. No, that's fair. And that's a good point. Um, you know, those situations do come up quite a bit, honestly. So, uh, you're right. And you, you're right again. I did make a, find a way to pick this all about me and all about food. That was not the intention, but you know, it does seem like as far as reality, a big part of culture, that's the easiest to share, you know, yeah. is, food you know yeah. it's the easiest that you can carry with you you know like people what what's the one thing that when they miss their homeland that they wanted they'll make a special dish or uh, i know for yourself you know there's certain yeah. um when you were in texas you were talking about things you missed from cali you know that you would make and you know they reminded you of home and uh spending time with your yeah. friends so yep yeah definitely real actual mexican food not your tex-mex nonsense that you guys have yeah is uh, I'm not having that. That gave me heartburn too. Okay, now now you're just <laughs> now I'm just throwing daggers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. now you're just throwing. <laughs> no, but but our tacos from um, God, now I can't remember the name of the place that I took you to, but those tacos that we had that one day, th those are pretty bomb. Those are good. Damn, what was that place? Oh. Um, that's not a, that's, outlaw. No. It was like something we're going to forget when I remember when the show's over. I hate I that. know. I'll have to post it in the comments later. Yeah, we'll put it in the comment section, uh, put it in the description. Shout out to them, man. It's an amazing place. And they had like uh, great, great drink specials as well. It was in Arlington, Texas, too. Damn. Yeah, it is. It's right next to the place where I go axe throwing. Damn. This is going to really bother me. Cartel taco. 
Cartel Taco, thank you very much. Yeah, shout Cartel out to Cartel Taco. Taco. In Arlington, Texas. <laughs> you guys are amazing. You guys are phenomenal. Great drink specials there. Definitely go check them out. You won't miss this. You won't be disappointed. <laughs> I couldn't even get there it. There you out. go. I'm like, what am I not going to miss? I'm not missing anything. Yeah, like, I'm wait. I'm seeing myself too. Where am I going with this? Do I just I keep talking? Yeah. I, why not? But I yeah. I love the tacos <laughs> and the jalapeno mac cheese. But oh, man. what my problem was that I would order the jalapeno mac cheese and the jalapeno cheddar. Uh, like deep fried, like they do like a mozzarella stick, but instead of mozzarella cheese, they do jalapeno, like uh, cheddar jack. Yeah. Something cheese. So it's like you get, you have the like spicy cheese that's deep fried. And then you also have the mac cheese with jalapenos. And it was just a lot of cheese. And it just made all my insides stick together a little Damn, bit. Damn, girl. I needed to just stick to what? the Because <laughs> I, I just wanted to eat all of it. It's one of those places where once you, you're you like, I have to eat it. I'm here. I don't, I don't, I'm not coming back for another little while, right? So you have to get everything. And it's always just way, it's enough food for me for at least three days. No, that, that place is unbelievable. You know, so uh, yeah, thank you for introducing me to such an awesome place. And um, I'm embarrassed that I couldn't remember the name. So, uh, yeah, shout out to them. But, yeah, shout out to you guys again for taking time out of your day to hang with us. Oh, man, you guys are the best. We appreciate you guys so much. Um, and I want to just close things out and thank everyone for taking time to listen again. I know that we're so infrequent with our shows. Uh, but we try to do them when we can. Seriously, life happens, you know, with Liz and myself. And uh, we do appreciate you guys taking time to, to listen and um, we are going to definitely try to do some more shows. Not going to say when, but we'll definitely try to do some more shows and they won't be all about food and I won't have as many drops, but today I was need to get my drop on. It just happens, but I also want to spend, send a special shout out to the Philippines because we love you so much. And, um, yeah, a lot of my good, bad and different memories of travel. It's always, uh, the Philippines comes to mind because I went there so much and I, I miss it so much. If there's a place that I could go to. Definitely, that would be a place I'd like to go to uh, sooner than later because they have some amazing people there, amazing food and culture. And uh, if you got a chance to go, uh, you won't regret it. Some of the greatest people on the planet. Love you guys. Philippines, you're the best. Uh, speaking of the Philippines, the person who helped put together our um, amazing intro song, uh, Kim Davino. She's a phenomenal woman. She's amazing. Uh, she's one of my many daughters. <laughs> Um, and, uh, you know, I'm proud of her and she's just so talented and I'm glad to, um, share her talents with you. Uh, before we go ahead and close out with this, another great episode, there's anything you want to close out with anything you want to say, good, bad, and different to the audience. Uh, you know what? I think we're going to have to have a part two on this one. I think that's what we're going to have to do. Hey, you like it. I love it. That's what's going to happen. Also, a special shout out to our good friend, Astara. We love we miss you. And hopefully we hear from you back soon. OK, let's go ahead and close this thing out. Yeah.